The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill. Happy New Year. Man, there's no way that 2021 can't beat 2020. I mean, we canceled the Olympics. We got COVID. Um, Bye-bye, Trump. Uh, I mean, crazy, 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 crazy year. If you had told me in 2020 that it was going to look the way it looked, that's like a sci-fi horror movie. But thank goodness we are on the mend. Uh, Yesterday, I got my whole family vaccinated, my ex-wife, all my daughters, I'm vaccinated. My whole staff at my office is vaccinated. Get vaccinated as quickly as you can. Um, The faster we all get vaccinated, the faster this thing goes away and the faster we can return to our normal lives. So please, uh, please do them. Uh, they are safe and, um, and it, it's so critical. Uh, Leap, we are going to plan to do this live and virtually. So if you want to sign up for Leap now, uh, you can. The dates will be July 18th to the 24th at UCLA. Um, if we have to pivot and make it all virtual again, we will, but we're hoping that we'll have both programs running concurrently. Uh, what is LEAP? If you've never ever heard of LEAP, shame on you, but if you haven't, LEAP is a motivational leadership program for high school and college students where we teach kids eight or 15 to 25 plus the skills that they need to be successful in life. And we do it by bringing in amazing, successful mentors who share the secrets of their success with these students and tell them what it took for them to become successful. In the past, we've had Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Kathy Bates, Paula Abdul, Jason Alexander from Friends. Um, We've had Michael Strahan, Apollo Ono, the most decorated winter Olympian in history, Chris Voss, the uh, New York Times bestselling author of Never Split the Difference, the FBI negotiator, Uh, Tracy Bregman, my dear sweet friend who's been on uh, The Young and the Restless since she was a teenager. I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing people, pretty much all of Pentatonix. And it's a really fascinating program. The program culminates on Friday with something we call a mentor workshop, which is basically a, an opportunity for students to sit and talk to mentors live. And our speaker today has participated in the 2019 program where they really get to pick these people's brains and ask them what it is that really helped them become successful. What were the obstacles that they had to overcome to you know, to become successful and how they do it. The difference between our podcast, Meet the Mentor, and a lot of the other ones out there is I'm going to put our speaker on the spot. I'm going to ask Jeffrey to really give you guys a game plan 
for what you need to do if you'd like to pursue a career doing what he does and that he is so good at doing. So why do we do this Meet the Mentor podcast? Well, we've interviewed all these amazing people and the amount of knowledge and, and the things that they have to say is so riveting that I thought, you know, I don't want it to just be a leap experience. So, you know, this podcast has exploded. We're, I think, in the top 100 in over 50 countries worldwide. We were number one in Yemen, number two in Iceland, number three in Finland. I mean, it's crazy. But we get great listeners and people love to hear these stories. And so without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Jeffrey. Uh, this is Jeffrey Masters. He actually, like I said, participated at LEAP in the 2019 program as a mentor in our you know, mentor workshop on Friday. He is an on-air host, writer, and producer. He's the director of podcasts at Pride Media. He's the host and creator of the popular interview podcast. It's such a great title. L-G-B-T-Q-N-A. <laughs> I love it. Produced by The Advocate Magazine and GLAAD. Uh, the podcast has been recommended by the New York Times by, and has featured interviews with Pete Buttigieg, um, Laverne Cox, uh, Roxanne Gay, and many, many more. Uh, Jeff has been doing this podcast for nearly um, five years now, and it is with great pleasure that I introduce you to Jeffrey. How are hey. you doing, Jeff? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming to Leap in person and for agreeing to do this. So let's just jump right into this. If you are a student right now and you think you have it in you to actually do a podcast, what do you do? Like, what's the first thing you should do? Okay, so the first thing you need to do is actually listen to podcasts right? As podcasts are trendy now and everyone I work with says, oh, I want to start a podcast. And I say like, what, what kind of podcast do you want it to be? And they say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I say start there just because there's so many different types. There's so many different genres and you need to know where you fit in in the market and also what else is out there that already might be the exact podcast that you have. Does that make sense? Is that, is that too basic to start with? Yeah. Okay. So what are the one? What are some of your favorites? Like, what, it, like I, I know I draw on. You know, I love how I built this with Guy Raz. I love the the masterclass is amazing. What are some of the ones that inspire you that you think students should listen to? Yeah, how besides yours, by the way. <laughs> right, mine is of course the best podcast of all time. That's a given. But you know, I, I think you need to listen to the the. Um, just like the stalwarts, like the biggest ones that everyone's listening to, just so you can be a part of the conversation. And that shows like the daily from the New York Times. I'm still processing the New York Times is amazing. That's a, a culture show by two culture writers. Um, Today Explained from Vox, VOX. Vox is really taking over the podcast market, really interesting way. They had a podcast called Land of Giants, which is about how like Netflix has taken over the world. The second season was Amazon, how that's kind of taken over the world. And then 
I listen, because I host an interview podcast, I listen to a, a ton of inter other interview podcasts. Um, Alec Baldwin is a shockingly great interviewer. Katie Couric, of course, we know that. Um, How I Built This with Guy Raz, you know, that is a uh, interview podcast kind of um, that is pointed towards like the business niche. Like how, how do you, how do you make it in, in a field? And I bring that up because um, now there's over a million podcasts, right? Now you really need to find your niche. And I think that that is what, um, and, and really make it, I think when you're starting out as specific as possible, just because if you are 22 years old and you're into politics and say, I wanna have a politics podcast, my question is like, why should I listen to your podcast when there's like ex Obama White House employees that have a podcast, when there are like the best minds on TV having a podcast, like why would I wanna listen to yours? And so I think that it's really important to have, when you're starting out as like small of a niche as possible, and then you branch out. Okay. so. Step one, listen to other podcasts. I agree. Before we go to step two, let's talk about you for a second. You have a very unique niche and this niche has enabled you to become a consultant for, for Google, for a lot of big companies. Let's talk about that and you know how you capitalize on that. Um, yesterday when we spoke in our little pre-interview, you know, I, I mentioned that you know, at LEAP, what I love to teach students is number one, don't wait for opportunities in life, make them. And number two, when you do get an opportunity, don't take it, master it. So, you know, you and I spent a little bit of time talking about how to master that. So, you know, let's talk about your niche and then some of the other possibilities that have kind of branched off of that. Yeah, absolutely. So LGBTQ&A, that's Q&A with an ampersand, is my podcast. And it is, you know, broadly an LGBTQ interview show. So I talk to famous actors, authors, um, entertainers, everything about their, about their field and how they got to where they are today, kind of through this queer lens. And it sounds dumb, but like I didn't invent this idea of just interviewing queer and trans people, right? But five years ago, the market was so small that there was not a really a big queer interview podcast. And so there was this hole in the market. I had the expertise and that experience. And so I was like, I can really do this well. And so, you know, I'd been studying long form interviews before. I think that one of the things that I'm really proud of is people say like, what great questions I ask. And that's not just because I'm great at improving. <laughs> you know, I don't just come up with questions while we're talking. I do like a shit ton of research beforehand and I've studied the greats. You know, Terry Gross at Fresh Air, one of the best things I ever did was buy her book. It's a book of transcriptions of interviews. And then when you're reading that, you can see exactly the kinds of questions she asks and then also the follow-up questions. And then she asks for examples. And so things like that, um, just, I think, make you, I, I didn't want to have a good podcast. I want to have a great podcast. And like five yeah, years later. As a result of your podcast, you have become kind of an authority. You know, like, yeah. like if, if somebody wants to find a famous dentist in America to back a product, they pretty much need me. <laughs> like there aren't, yeah. oh, you know what I mean? So you become like the go-to guy, like, you know, talk about some of the things that have happened where you've been called in as a consultant and why, you know, you have the credence to do that. 
Yeah. So from the podcast, you know, I've, it's allowed me to write articles for big websites. Um, I consult with a lot of brands about Pride Month and how like to market to the queer community. Um, for example, you know, Amazon had this really massive virtual Pride events. I helped them do some programming with that. I helped them pull out the kind of queer content that was on their website that they need to feature. And you know, I think that everyone thinks that everything that they know that everyone else knows, if that makes sense. But I was pointing out to Amazon that they had shows like um, The Watermelon Woman, which is by Cheryl Dunier. She's the first black lesbian to direct a feature film. It's the first movie about a black lesbian. And that was on their service and it's tagged as special interests. And so they're like, well, how do you know that you, we even have this movie on our service? And it's like, well, that's my field. That's my expertise. And so, whereas to me, I think that that is just kind of like something everyone knows, but what? I wanted to grab some. Go on. Okay. Um, but like working with brands like that, um, I've I consulted with a ton of companies on how to how to like market to us without just putting a rainbow on something, um, and um, really just making sure that we're showing like the full breadth of the community. We oftentimes brands say we support queer and trans people, but it's kind of um, at a cosmetic level. You know, it's not structural diversity, it's like cosmetic. And that really, um, I find frustrating. Yeah, so here's the thing though. Your podcast is part of a puzzle that makes you a quote unquote expert. You know, that's one thing. You know, when I was approached to do my book, Billion Dollar Smile, I said to the editor, I don't want to write a book. I want to write a New York Times bestseller. And they laugh. They go, I go, I don't care about writing a book. Like, you don't make money on a book. But if I write a New York Times bestseller, I can book Ellen and Rosie and The Tonight Show. And I did all those, you know? So I, I think that a lot of times you have to think bigger. You know, and if you can find a niche, let's say, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, in the airplanes and you become like the expert on, on flying planes or whatever your field is, you need to be the best. You need to be the go-to man or the go-to woman, you know, that, that people are going to think about. So, you know, I agree with you. Number one, you know, figure out what your niche is, listen to podcasts. Number two, what happens next? Well, I think that it's really important to have a partnership. Well, I'll say, I'll get to that in a second. Um, when you're starting out, I think that everyone is afraid. Uh, they're trying to figure out um, how do I figure out how to do this? The only way you figure out how to do it is by doing it, right? Then you, um, you're never going to figure out podcasting and then make a podcast. You have to figure it out while you're making a podcast. And so I have this really successful podcast that everyone knows about. What people don't know is that I had three to four other ones that were like utter crap earlier than this. And that's where I worked out my kinks. And I think it's really important to like work out your kinks, not in the public eye. Because now when I make a mistake, you know, thousands and thousands of people hear it. And so I don't make mistakes anymore, but I absolutely did. So my, like my, my, like what I'm trying to say is like, just start, you will figure it along the way. And then I, I mentioned partnerships. I think it's really important because nowadays you cannot grow an audience with a podcast. You can only leverage an existing podcast. That has really been a big change in the market. And so I interview celebrities and I leverage their audiences because then they promote to their own. If you're 20 years old in college, you're not going to book a celebrity 
But the other thing that, no, no, that's not true. You're not gonna book as big a celebrity, so let's say, as I've interviewed. <laughs> but what you do have access to is these partnerships. Like I've partnered with The Advocate Magazine, the oldest queer magazine in the world. If you're in college, you can partner with like a student organization, maybe the larger college on its own, um, just even a, um, like a, a church or a synagogue and like leveraging these smaller communities, but that for like seasons at a time to like grow off other people's audiences is really important when you're starting out. I think that's awesome. And also if you are in school, like what kinds of classes would you take? I mean, obviously I think things like taking you know, theater or drama or, or debate, things like that, where you're actually speaking and things like that would be helpful. But what kinds of things did you do to prepare? I mean, I know that when ABC put me on Extreme Makeover, the dentistry, I had. The acting, I didn't. Well, I stunk. I mean, stunk. On the first few episodes, they, they should have fired me. It was so incredibly <laughs> painful to watch. But instead of stinking, what I did is I watched myself and I saw how bad I was and I did something about it. I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I worked with the woman who trained the kids on American Idol to do interviews and things like that. So I think that is the key that you, you thought you were bad, but you went back and you watched it anyways. You know, I think nobody really likes the sound of their own voice. The vast majority of people can't stand to hear themselves talk. And so they never listen to any audio of themselves. And so, you know, there's a, cl a many classes are great. Many classes are horrible, but the best class you control over is like recording yourself, either it's a podcast or just do otherwise and listening back. You know, I think that I've done this for five years. I've done 200 interviews. The early interviews, if you go back and listen to them, like, please don't, first of all, <laughs> they're not the quality that I think is appropriate now. But hearing the host, me, there's a lot of nervous laughter. There's a lot of likes. And now I, I was saying like every five words and now I say like every like seven to 10, it's progress, you know? But I, I think that learning how to talk on mic is such an important skill that is like so much harder than it sounds. I think of the podcasting as YouTube, you know, you can up, take a video on your phone and upload it to YouTube, or you can be Martin Scorsese and shoot a gorgeous feature film and also upload that to YouTube. The quality level is all across the map. And just because you can turn on a microphone and record yourself and upload that as a podcast, it doesn't mean it's gonna be good. It took me so long to learn how to talk on mic. And I, uh, and one of the biggest things I did, uh, it's one, it's listening to yourself back and two, it's editing. M most young podcasters just will record and upload that, but that you're never gonna get better and you're, and you're gonna lose the audience's attention too. And so hearing back, I became a great editor for audio and that made me an even better host because then I'm editing while I'm talking, which makes it easier for the editors going forward. Yeah, Jeffrey, I think that those are all really, really helpful. So let's say you've gotten to a point where, you know, you, you've listened to podcasts, you've created a niche, you've got this genius idea, you go out, you find, you know, Jerry Seinfeld agrees to, to do an interview with you and you're excited and you're, you're going to do your podcast and, you know, you go ahead and you record it. Now what? Like, how do you get people to listen to it? Where do you put it? I mean, you know, I know for me, 
you know, I work with a, with a company that actually helps produce my podcast and, and puts it out to the public. But let's say you're a student and you don't really have a big budget. You know, where do you go with that? So I can answer this question with like three to four answers, but the truth is there's not like one magic pill, right? And if I, um, and if there was, I would be taking the pill, but I think that's why I recommend partnering with other organizations because a lot of them have email lists and then they can blast it out to their email subscribers. Um, if you interview Jerry Seinfeld, hopefully he will then you know tweet it out to all of his followers on social media there. Um, if you wanna get more clever, if they're make sure that in the interview you have like some sort of breaking news or new to people, and then you can pull that clip out and email it to all the outlets around. And hopefully then that gets picked up and generated that way. I had an interview with Lily Reinhardt, who's a star on a CW show, uh, Riverdale. She's 26 million followers on Instagram. And so that, um, that interview got picked up by every single outlet, uh, outlook from Page Six to Press Hilton to Pop Sugar, E! News, everyone wrote about this interview. And it wasn't because I posted it on iTunes and let it sit there. It's, well, I did a transcription and then I copy and pasted the newsy bits and I emailed each editor individually. I just went down my list and like, luckily I've been in LA long enough that I have like these personal connections. So it's like, Hey friend, how are you? But for other people, I just, you know, Googled it and like sent them a cold email. And because I'm helping them do their job, I'm giving them a newsy bit with a famous celebrity. They write about it. I I think that's awesome. But like, like how do you even get in the podcast store? Like, what do you do to do that? Like, I don't even know because I had people do it for me. I'm, yeah. I'm embarrassed well, well, to say. I, <laughs> well, I'm envious of you, first of all. No, but I mean, there, and that's kind of like the easy, uh, the easy part. There's a ton of services. Megaphone is kind of like the most popular one. Spotify bought them this year. Um, I have everything uploaded through there. There's um, for people who are just starting out. I don't think you need something that's like the Ferrari. You can just have like the Volvo. And that's like Buzz Sprout. I, I think is the company. I've used them in many years. There's many options. Um, Megaphone is amazing because once you start selling advertising, it's so easy to insert those ads. But the truth is that for everybody starting out, their their first podcast is not going to make money. It's not going to make money for years at a time. I I told you this, but it was like two and a half years into making my podcast when I started selling advertising. And after two and a half years of work, I got a paycheck for one hundred twenty dollars. You know, we don't, I don't do this for money. Well, now it's my full-time job. <laughs> um, I kind of struck lightning because I created a podcast and then brought it to this existing magazine. And that is only because of, to be honest, like the quality of the podcast and that it gained notoriety. But that is not something that happens um, on the regular. These magazines would rather just create their own podcast. Yeah, and I think that that's a really cool thing. So you kind of brought us up to the point where you know you, you have an idea, you create a niche, you start to study, you learn, you practice, you know, you create this podcast. But now comes the part that I think is super exciting: how do you monetize it? You know, and you know, one of the things that we talked about yesterday is kind of this this perception of you know, you becoming an expert in your field. And, you know, one of the things that I did, and, and I'll talk about it now, because I think this is at a point where a lot of podcasts really need to go. And, 
maybe they're too scared to, to venture out or, or they don't want to make the investment or whatnot. But when I started Instagram about two and a half years ago, you know, I, I had like no followers and, and I'm, I was kind of embarrassed and I'm like, you know, here I am, you know, one of the most famous dentists in the world with no followers. So what I did was I hired a team of people to help me grow my Instagram organically and help me create better content. And what I did is exactly what you said. I looked at like the 10 top dentists on Instagram to see what they were doing and did it better. You know, I'm the only dentist in the world now with over a million followers on Instagram, you know, and that's because I copied genius. I looked at what these other dentists were doing and I made my content better and better and better. And I worked with teams of people that helped me optimize my social media presence and get me more and more and more organic followers. And then I started getting great deals from different brands, you know, to promote Oral-B and, 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 and their toothbrush, the IO toothbrush and things like that. So, you know, there are ways that you can actually generate revenue, you know, either from your podcast. And, you know, the big question I know people always ask you is when, when can you sell ads and what's the answer? Never. <laughs> I mean, I think the latest numbers I saw were that only 1% of podcasts have more than 30,000 downloads per episode. You know, so if you're in the 1%, you can do it. But if not, it's not going to ever pay your rent. But what I've done is made money through indirect routes. I told you about consulting with companies like Amazon, writing articles for or cover stories for magazines. I've also got, you know, speaking fees for like moderating panels or sitting on panels. But also it has just branded me as, as you said, an expert. I now have, you know, representation for a book that I'm writing. And I never would have gotten that without a successful podcast. And so I'm not getting, you know, that $120 check from advertising anymore, but I am like getting this book deal. And so everything is like roundabout in those ways for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's really awesome. And I'll tell you something, if you're listening to this podcast and you do everything that Jeffrey says, and you get to a point where you're really at that tipping point, the next thing is you get an agent. And the reason you want an agent is because they can negotiate for you in ways that you have no idea. So I'm gonna share a funny little anecdotal story with you. But back in the day, uh, when we sold Discus Dental to uh, Phillips, they had a toothbrush that they wanted me to be a spokesperson for. So they called my agent and they said, uh, we'd like Dr. Bill to do this satellite media tour and launch this product and da, 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 da. And um, how much is it going to be? And she said, uh, 300,000. And they're like, what? For one day? She goes, yeah. And they said, we could get, and they named this very, very famous celebrity. We could get this famous celebrity for $300,000. She goes, really, who do you think people are going to buy a toothbrush from? An alcoholic in rehab or Dr. Bill, the dentist? And they're like, hmm. So she got me not 300,000, but a pretty nice chunk of change that I would have never in my life imagined I could get. So 
you know, it's, it's all about taking something, growing it and maximizing it, maximizing it, maximizing it. You know, the, I'm getting a text message from a very famous woman in the UK. He's married to a famous soccer player there. Um, so anyhow, you need to really take your brand and explode it. And I think that, you know, you are on the cusp of doing that. And I'm super excited to see where you're going to go with this. And I'm here for you, Jeffrey. Um, I, I would love to uh, be a mentor for you and help you because I, I think that. that what you're doing is so valuable and you're so good at it. I've listened to your podcast and you are great. And, you know, I think you're like right about to hit that next level. And I'm super excited to see that personally. Well, I hope that's true. Thank you. <laughs> personally, what's next for you? You know, I am trying to. So for this new season of my show, I've done over 200 interviews. I'm really only interested in interviewing people anymore that I'm like so freaking excited to talk to. So I only want like the biggest people in the world or um, I love historical people. I interviewed somebody yesterday who was at Stonewall. Um, I want these, the bigger and better people. And I just want to keep growing this thing. And um, I want to write my book. I want to see, I want to see what's next for sure. That's awesome. And if students want to contact you, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, they can find me on the social media um, at Jeff Masters One. There's links to my website in there and contact forms. Um, I talk to students like honestly, like every month about how to launch a podcast or if they have a podcast, how to make it better. I'm happy to do that as well. Um, but yeah, on social media is the easiest way to connect with me. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. And again, if you are a student or have a student or know a student, 15 to 25, please sign up for LEAP. You can sign up for the virtual or the live program. Go to www.leapfoundation.com. And uh, thank you for listening to Meet the Mentor. I'm Dr. Bill. Over and out. To learn more about the LEAP Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.